I'm Jackie Strom, the Prevention and Resource Coordinator at the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape. Today's episode is a bit different from the rest. As you'll hear in a moment, I had the pleasure of speaking with my colleagues, Jen and Amanda, from the National Sexual Violence Resource Center, all about our podcasts and the lessons we've learned over the last year. Enjoy! Welcome to Resource On The Go, a podcast from the National Sexual Violence Resource Center on understanding, responding to, and preventing sexual abuse and assault. I'm Jennifer Grove, and I'm the Prevention Director at NSVRC. On today's episode, I'm joined by Jackie Strom, Prevention and Resource Coordinator at the Pennsylvania Coalition Against Rape and host of PCAR's PA-centered podcast. I'm also joined by Amanda Shaw, Multimedia Specialist at PCAR and NSVRC, who once upon a time introduced the idea of our organization's starting podcast and has helped us realize this goal as our audio editor and podcasting extraordinaire. As both PCAR and NSVRC's podcasts approach the milestone of one year of recording and sharing episodes, we want to take you behind the scenes with us to discuss what it takes to launch a podcast and what we've learned through the process. I'm so excited to be here and talk about this with all of you. Thanks for joining, Jackie, and hi, Amanda. Hello. It's going to be weird to edit myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you're usually the behind the scenes, Amanda. So welcome to center stage with us today. Glad to be here. So, Jackie, maybe you could start. I know we want to talk a little bit about what led to the decision to start a podcast. So do you want to start and talk about your experience with yeah sure so I feel like it was in 2019 we had heard from some of the prevention educators that you know they were spending a lot of time driving from school to community group they're spending a lot of time in the car and it was challenging for them to get to participate in live webinars and they said hey what about a podcast that would be a great way for us to listen while we were driving um and so we we took that idea and decided to to launch it. And unfortunately, when we did launch it, right, we were in the middle of a pandemic and or really at the beginning of the pandemic. And so we weren't sure if people were going to tune in. But I think as we've seen and I guess we'll probably talk about a little bit later um podcasts have been really helpful for folks during this time at home as an alternative way to not be staring at screens like they do most of the day. And Jen, do you want to share why the NSVRC started one? Yeah, yeah. I think we had been talking pre-pandemic for a long time, as we do at NSVRC. We have, you know, a lot of work groups and we have a lot of conversations about things, which actually tends to be a good thing because we want to have a really thoughtful way that we're um, developing a process for these types of things. And so we had actually been doing what we called podcasts for a while. We had been recording conversations. Um, We had some video podcasts we did, you know, many years ago that were still really popular, but we had been recording some conversations um, and putting them up on our YouTube channel so you could find them on our website. But 
you know, I couldn't just walk out like I do every day on my 30 minute walk and take my podcast app and download an episode to listen to. And so we talked about, okay, this is the 21st century, like we need to move ourselves into like having actual podcasts that people can just on the go grab and and listen to and download. And so I think uh, we also, you know, had heard from people that, you know, they wanted to hear other people in our line of work talking about um, specifically sexual violence prevention and what that looked like in different communities. Um, and then with COVID, you know, when we were really launching this, we also had this opportunity to um, talk with people about how they were adapting their programming due to COVID. And we were hearing from people that things like web conferences and, and um, podcasts were really really important for them to be able to um, to listen to themselves, but also to send out to people, to friends and colleagues, coworkers. And so, yeah, I think um, we were really talking about it for quite some time and knew that we really wanted to launch a podcast. Um, Amanda, I don't know if you have anything you want to add to that because you were definitely part of that process from the beginning. Yeah, I think um, when we started, um, kind of casually talking about doing podcasts it, you know, we envisioned a lot of different things, but like what we did know was like, we all really enjoyed listening to podcasts and um, we wanted to see if there was like a space for us to kind of share our voices, share other voices in the field and kind of like what that could look like. And um, one of the things that I was really excited about and we're kind of adapting to get better at is um, being responsive to current events. Um, I think podcasts are a great place for that. And there's like tons of stuff that we want to talk about all the time that's maybe not right for our other project projects and other ways we get information out into the world. So, you know, one of the things I wanted to do was provide kind of like an easily accessible place where, you know, we can join in the conversations where we're not always necessarily there. Yeah, that's a good point. I think I think there there's also been a gap in this type of content on podcast um, in a really thoughtful way. And I think we saw that gap and we really wanted to figure out like how can we fill this and make it really meaningful and get this really nice succinct content that people could have at a moment's notice at the click of a button. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. When we first started this, um, anyone that knows me knows I love organizing and planning. And Amanda can tell you I made a whole spreadsheet of we have to make sure that for when this episode comes out, we've recorded at least two weeks in advance to give her a week to edit and then a week for review time. And as we've been doing this, um, that schedule has not necessarily happened. Um, we've even had opportunities where we just get the chance to talk about something with someone and we decide, well, we're going to bump this other episode for two weeks from now. And so I think what's really cool about this podcast schedule, and sometimes I have to remind myself is like, we created the schedule. <laughs> we get to decide what comes out when and when we think it's going to be best for folks to listen to. And I think that we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to make this something. And I think what's been really cool is just 
throughout this time, knowing that like we're, we're recording this in our houses. We wanted to record it in a studio. Um, things haven't necessarily gone to plan, but we've still been able to release episodes that I know for me, it's one of my favorite things that I get to do as part of my job, getting to hear from lots of different folks and, um, share with other people all the great work that, at least for our podcast, that's happening in Pennsylvania. You created a really great segue into the, you know, what we wanted to talk a little bit about, like what's involved in creating a podcast. But I did just want to note too, um, I love what you said about, you know, being able to um, amplify voices in the field and being able to highlight stories. We hear so many stories, you know, you all at the um, statewide level and at NSVRC at the national level, you know, we have the privilege of being with a lot of different groups and a lot of different um, spaces. And sometimes, you know, I've had moments where I'm just like, I would love to package what you just set up and like be able to give it to other people or send it to other people or share this with other people. Um, and now we get to do that. So, so yeah, what, what has this involved? I mean, it definitely takes a lot of planning, right, Jackie? We, we, I think I just initially thought, okay, well, you just set up the recording, click record and have a conversation. It's a little bit more detailed than that. Do you want to talk a little bit about the planning process? And I can fill in, but you probably... You probably have it down pat now. (laughs) Sure. I know when we first started this, we didn't really do any like planning meetings with our guests on the podcast. We just said, hey, are you interested in this? Here's like five questions we might ask you. And then we would record. And it worked out for the first couple. But we started realizing that it would be helpful to meet with guests in advance, just so we had an opportunity to make sure we were all on the same page, make sure folks are feeling comfortable. This is this is different for people, right? To, to record themselves, it can be um, scary sometimes. And I think what we really love is we always tell our guests, if you say something you don't want to say, you can say stop and Amanda will edit it out, <laughs> um, which is very different than a live type of um, training or broadcast or something like that. So I really want people to feel comfortable and make it feel like it's a low stakes way to get out and share your story. And so, yeah, we do we do planning meetings that are anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour, and then we give folks time to to prep their questions and make sure they feel comfortable with what they're bringing to the table. And then we spend another hour recording, even though most episodes are only about 30 minutes. Cause when you get started and get set up, like we did this morning, um, trying to figure out, do our microphones work? Can we hear each other? Are there weird background noises happening? Um, there's a, there's a lot of things to think through that I think it took a couple episodes for us to learn best practices. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I love the collaborative process of the podcast because, like you said, you know, yeah, we set up these calls with folks beforehand and we say, you know, here's some questions we have or what what things do you want to get across like in this 30 minutes of time that we have together. Um, and so it's really nice and collaborative to, to be able to put that together and then, yeah, just have – Um, help to relieve some of the anxiety that I think some people have with the recording. Um, So, and I love that, and Amanda, you had provided us, 
I think from the get go, you know, here's some guidance, here's some things you want to remember. Um, and I don't know if you want to share some of those. Yeah. So I think, um, to kind of like combine everything that both of you are saying is, you know, we've been learning along the way. Like I've never produced a podcast before. It's only part of my job. So I had some idea, but then I've never produced a podcast before and I've never produced a podcast before in a pandemic with everyone in different places in their houses and, you know, sometimes all the way across the country. Um, So I think it's been a learning process for us. And I think, um, you know, we learn a little bit all the time. Um, we kind of had a trouble at the beginning of the pandemic buying everyone microphones because it seemed like the entire world wanted to make a podcast when, you know, we were. Um, you know, one of the things we've learned along the way is some like tricks in Zoom where you can have each individual person on their own line of audio that you can edit. And that makes editing a whole lot easier if like my dog starts barking behind me to edit that out, then it's not on anyone else's line. And, you know, we recently learned how poor AirPod audio is. And we've now kind of like integrated that into our tips for our guests is like, please don't wear AirPods. Sometimes, you know, we've had interviews get out of control and they've turned into an hour and a half long episodes of like really great content, but you know, we don't, we don't need three episodes out of, you know, what we're talking about. So, um, you know, starting from a transcript, getting that whole conversation just transcripted and, you know, bringing that back and saying like, what is the important things to pull out of here and what can we use and um, what can we leave out, um, but still make it interesting and make it make sense. You know, we are a nonprofit, so we're working, you know, with a lower, budget than most places. So I'm having our staff record into a free program um, called Audacity. You know, we're using our Zoom accounts that we already have um, and those kind of things. Like just, you know, those really simple things were kind of difficult to figure out, you know, in the beginning. And Amanda, I wanted to point out, um, you mentioned, you know, doing this in at the beginning of the pandemic where we launched these and i wanted to to make a point that you had worked really hard to get our studio set up in our office <laughs> and the soundproofing you know we had moved to uh the the uh we had moved the studio to a different space and and there was some soundproofing done and there was a lot of work being put into setting that up and then we all just had to work from home. I mean, the office was empty for a bit. And I had gone in one day to, I was having some problems with um, my record recording at home. And, and I went in and it was like, oh, it was like the, everything left untouched, you know, for months of like, you walk into this studio space. And it made me think when you were saying, you had to get microphones for everybody. I have to figure out how to do this with everyone in different locations. And that was a curveball that we were thrown that we were not prepared for. But I think we've done it really well. And, and like you said, we've had these programs we've been able to use. We were able to get the microphones. Um, I know for me, I was having a, I live in an old house with big windows and you know, I think one of the first things I recorded, Amanda, you came back to me and said, where did you record this? This is, this sounds... <laughs> 
<laughs> like, it's just such a weird... I think it was birds, wasn't it, too? There was birds. Um, You said, like, oh, there's so many birds in this podcast. Like, were you, like, in the trees when you did this? Like, what what was going on? And so we even had to, like, figure out, like, where can I record? Where where can we? And that helped us, though, tell people. You know, like, when I notice when I'm having that first um, initial conversation with people about the podcast planning process, um, I'm able to kind of see where they are. And I, I can look a lot of times and say like, oh, it looks like you're in an older house. You have a door behind you. You'll, you're going to want to close that door. It looks like you're near a window. That could be a problem. There might be some sound bouncing off the window. But we're learning all those things, right? And I had this um, situation where I was rec- recording with two different people. And it was actually a really good conversation. And, and I think they were really like paying attention to like all the tips we, and strategies we had given them to, to use for recording. Um, but then when we went back through, I kept hearing this noise and I couldn't figure out what it was. And all of a sudden it, it hit me. It was dog uh, claws, like their little, what do they call them? Dog nails. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. I'm a cat person. Obviously I call them dog claws. Um, but dog nails, like just real, real lightly, but you could hear when this dog would run, go back and forth on like a wood or linoleum floor. <laughs> and it's made me sort of, oh, there's another thing to add. Like if you have a dog roaming around, if you are able to be in a room with a door that you can close that off, that'd be great so that you don't have that sound interrupting you. But you know, we, we are learning as we go, but I think um, we've we've learned so much in such a short time. Uh, but we, you know, we're always learning our own little tips and tricks that we can then share with the guests that are on our show as well. Yeah, exactly. Things like air conditioners, heaters in the background. Um, I just moved into a new space in my house for my office and I Amanda, I was recording some stuff and she was like, you're really echoey. And I was like, I got to get a rug. So I got a rug and hopefully I sound less echoey right now. But it's it's those little things that really can make a huge difference. And I know we're all working as a team. And so anything that we can be doing to make that editing process easier on Amanda makes this whole process go a lot smoother. And so, um, you know, we're all, we're big into prevention. And so if we can prevent some of those things up front, then we don't have to worry about them later. And I think what's also really important to remember is like all podcasts are in this situation right now. Like everyone's recording remotely and they, you know, people have pets and, you know, they have varying audio situations and rooms. And um, I think, you know, our audiences are really flexible with what, you know, things sound like. And so we should be really flexible. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. Cause I think I, you know, before the pandemic, I had planned around like, you know, we'll set up this room. It'll be really nice. I got this equipment and we'll be really comfortable. And I bought chairs. It was all very exciting. And then, you know, I kind of had to let that vision of what the podcast would look like and might look like someday again, but um, kind of let that go and adapt to, you know, where everybody is. I mean, even, you know, my favorite podcasts right now, they'll have people call in and their audio isn't great. And those are podcasts that are downloaded by, you know, a ton of people. So a lot more than us. (laughs) Yeah. I think some other stuff around tips that maybe we wanted to share 
and some lessons learned was if, if this is something that you're going to be doing yourself, um, one of the things that we would caution you on is having a, like, we want you to have a, not too many guests at one time. It can feel overwhelming. And I think it can be challenging for people when they're listening to recognize who said what. And so we, we really try and keep it to about three people or less on any given episode. We might make exceptions sometimes depending on what's going on. And I think another thing that we were experimenting with is like, if you can't get all of your guests that you want at the same time because of scheduling, um, we were really nervous about how it would go. But I actually did one where I recorded a second time, like a, se- a separate session with a second guest. Um, and Amanda was able to to edit that in there. And so again, we're learning a lot as we go. Um, but it can be it can be challenging when you have lots of people to know who's going to talk when. And that's why I think another funny thing I wanted to share is that I've had some people come on and they're like, they, they got all dressed up for it. And I have to remind them, oh, wait, no one's going to see our videos except for us, right? <laughs> so that's something I've been telling people up front because we still have some folks who aren't as familiar with podcasts. We know that not everybody listens to them. And so they might not realize that, nope, nobody's going to see this video but it's really helpful to record with video because you can give those visual cues to each other of like, actually, I want to say something and and raise your hand without having to interrupt. So video on Zoom is your friend, even though, or however you're recording it, um, even if it's not going to make it into the final product. Yeah. And I like, I like the idea of, of, thinking through like who do you want on this like limiting the amount of people and the amount of voices because it does get confusing um i listen to a couple podcasts um pretty regularly and i was listening to an episode recently where i think there were there were three people but um two of the people sounded really similar and i couldn't tell who was answering what question or who was talking um and so that was really frustrating to me and and so i know we have this um these guidelines really that we don't typically want to include more than three guests at a time. And, and then when we do that, that planning process comes into play because you want to make sure like who's going to be answering what question, or if you both want to answer, you know, making sure that, that you have that all planned out and that each guest has time to share what they need to share um, during the recording as well. And I know we talked about, um, one of the things that I think is really important logistically is it was really important for us to set up a process for payment for guests. Um, we absolutely respect and value people's expertise and skills and also the time that they put in to prepping for this and um and recording and you know there's some after things that happen and and so we at NSVRC we actually added a line item like into our budget for podcast guests so that we can make sure that we have the money to reimburse people and again even if it's two people from one agency well then we're going to we're going to reimburse both those people. Um, and so I think that was really important for us to not expect that people, and there are a lot of people who are like, oh no, I just want to share 
my story, you know, you don't need to pay me, but we we really um, want to set a precedent for that, um, that we, we want to compensate people for their time and talent and expertise. Yeah, we've tried to do the same thing. There are some people who are like, nope, I, I'm just happy to, you know, have the publicity about it or um, get my voice out there. But we... I, in some internal meetings, are trying to do a better job of making sure that that line item is in multiple budgets because depending on what the topic of our podcast is about, we can only pay from certain grants. So um, our goal with year two of this podcast is to make sure that we are always offering funding to folks to compensate them for their time and expertise. And it takes a lot of people to do this. I do also want to mention that it's not just the person interviewing. We have multiple staff who, you know, I think when we came into this, we had a few staff who sort of stepped up and said, I'm comfortable hosting, interviewing. But as we've done it, I feel like more staff have listened and said, oh, I can do this, right? And so we've had, um, I know for NSVRC, we've had more staff willing and able to help us um, do interviews and, and host podcast episodes. But we also have this all this behind the scene, like all the work that Amanda does. We have our, our communications team and our graphic design folks that do the graphics. And we have people that review. And that's another thing, like having other staff listen and review and um, provide some really good feedback for you. Um, and, you know, we have people helping with sometimes with the scheduling and um, getting guests on board and making sure that we get invoices. We That involves our fiscal department. So it really, uh, I feel like, you know, almost every, at, at least at NSVRC, it feels like almost every um, department is, is involved in some way in our podcasting work. Yeah, absolutely. It's truly a collaborative process. I mean, I can even just think about an episode that we're planning for right now um, it wasn't somebody that I had a connection with, but one of our my colleagues did. And so they reached out. We figured out scheduling. Um, my colleague is actually going to meet with us during the planning meeting because it's not my area of expertise to make sure that we're getting the best kinds of questions and content we can be talking about. And then when we go to record, it will just be the two of us. Um, but I, I'm very grateful for all of the staff who help us with this process because um, it was a little bit different at PCAR. We also envisioned that multiple people would be hosting um, and then nobody felt like they really had the time or capacity or felt like they wanted to, wanted to host. And so that's kind of how I ended up with that role. But I agree with you as more of our staff listen, they're like, hey, we have an idea for a topic and, and they want to be included in it, just maybe not in that hosting capacity. So if any of you are thinking about starting this yourselves, that's something that you'll want to consider. If, is it going to be a consistent host each time or is there going to be multiple people involved in that process? And either way, making sure that you have that process really spelled out so that anybody can be part of it. Like we have intro scripts that are read. We, I have a standard format of how the episodes, uh, the transcripts are looked at so that our graphics team know exactly what needs to go in the share graphic for social media and all of these things. So it really, it isn't something I think you can just jump into. You're going to need to take some time and plan out who's involved and what that process will look like. And I think one thing I really wanted to touch on was 
people are really nervous. And I think we've already kind of touched on that a little bit, but even our own staff like express like being very nervous. Like I can hear it on the recordings afterwards and not just, um, you know, guests from outside. It's, you know, people in our organization and, you know, we kind of have to remind them like you are the expert, like on the thing you were talking, you're talking about today. Um, you know, it's fine to be nervous to take a break and, you know, pause and start over if you're not, um, saying exactly what you want to say so I think that would just be like my general recommendation across the board is like you're already good at this you're already good at talking about the thing you like to talk about and we're all human I like I love that you said that and I and and I made a huge faux pas mistake on my first I think it was the first recording I did by myself I completely forgot to you know make sure that there were separate audio tracks and then I I paused so this wonderful researcher who was so patient and kind um you know answered the first question just beautifully and 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 I thought it sounded great but I kind of looked up and saw oh no I don't think this is something's not working right so I asked her to pause and when I went and played it back like nothing had recorded and I felt so embarrassed and so uh, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Like we've already, you know, spent so much time on this day. You've answered this. And I, we have to start over. And she said, oh, phew, good. Because I didn't, I really didn't like the way I answered that anyway. And so, you know, we just got a good laugh out of it. And then I figured out what I needed to do and it all worked out. But recognizing the humanness in like all of us, you know, we are all humans. We make mistakes. We, um, you know, and we know our, we know our stuff. Like we just, you know, it takes a while to get there sometimes um, with all, with talking, asking questions, making sure all the technology is working. Um, but we, we figure it out and we get there eventually. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think we really try and frame these as a conversation. And so I think there are pros and cons to the, like taking time to plan out what you want to say, because, um, just so everyone knows, we had a planning meeting about this meeting. And at the end, we joked and we were like, why didn't we just record this? Because we <laughs> we said all the things that we had wanted to say anyways. And so um, there are pros and cons to that around if, if your guest is more conversational or if there's someone who's like, I typed up all my notes and now I'm going to read them off. I wouldn't suggest that, but also you gotta, you gotta work with who you're working with, right? Sometimes the person that you really want to hear from, that's how they're most comfortable. And so I still think my favorite part of this is when we do mess up and we say stop, Amanda can tell you a lot of us apologize to future Amanda when she's <laughs> going to be recording <laughs> or to when she's editing. Um, and that I think always gives us a giggle. It makes me giggle in the future. I usually edit podcasts like first thing in the morning and I start work pretty early. I start work at 730 and um, just kind of like listening to you guys just kind of chat and learn new stuff that early is like one of my favorite ways to start my day really and we also have um people like usually i'll say oh the the person editing this her name is amanda and so you might hear me say oh hold on amanda like back that up or like erase that or like start over and so i've had people on on um, episodes that we've recorded say they're in the middle of saying something like oh I'm sorry Amanda I'm gonna start that over and they don't even know who Amanda is but we all know who Amanda is when we're recording these podcasts yeah 
We're really grateful for Amanda for editing all of us. I, it's really hard for us to listen back to our own voices, which is why, <laughs> Amanda, we're so glad she made an exception for this episode to be on the on the other side of things. But I know for myself, I do not want to listen back to these episodes. And so I'm so grateful for Amanda for editing it and then for colleagues to listen to it and be like, yep, I caught... <laughs> this mistake or, hey, what do you think about going back and re-recording this piece? And um, I, I did try and listen to them at the beginning, but it was taking up a lot more time. And then I think I was getting very self-critical of myself, which makes sense. People don't like to hear their own voices often. And so just wanted to give a shout out and thanks to the folks that I know will be reviewing this episode um, to say thanks for doing that for us. That will be me. <laughs> no, it is. It is true. We do have. Uh, we do have these these layers of of editing and and layers of review that I think are really necessary too. And that's something you'll want to build in time for, especially because um, I believe all of our podcasts so far have been federally grant funded um, in some way, and so we have a layer of of review. Um, some is a little bit more intense than others, but uh, yeah, I. I get to listen to all of them, um, you know, as sort of one of the final reviewers for our CDC-funded podcast, and I actually really love that. Um, yeah, it's not great listening back to yourself, but I get to listen to a lot of other people besides myself. But it's nice because I get to have that preview of what's coming out, and then I get really excited about it and talk to my friends and colleagues like, oh, just wait till this one episode come out, comes out. It's really great. Um but I do like to have, I do like to be involved in that process as well. So we've learned, we've learned a lot from the process. Amanda, I, I don't know about you <laughs> and Jackie, like I was blown away. I think we, I was talking with Sally Lasker, evaluation coordinator yesterday mentioned that we had said, we thought we'd have like, what, like maybe like a thousand downloads. I think that's what we projected. What are we up to now, Amanda? Um, so we are recording this in early April. Um, not entirely remembering right now when these episodes will come out, but we should reach 10,000 downloads by the end of April for the NSVRC podcast. And I think the PCARB podcast is hovering around 3,000 downloads itself. Um, and I imagine we will meet that before um, this episode comes out. So yeah, it has been really surprising. I think, you know, we wanted it to be successful, obviously, but you know, sometimes things don't work, experiments don't work out. Um, but I think this is something that we're seeing that people really respond well to and are excited about. Yeah, it's been pretty cool to be in spaces and someone's like, hey, I listened to that podcast that you all did on so-and-so. And it's just nice to know that the folks are listening and that they're finding it useful and valuable. And so I feel like, you know, we had suspected that this was a need that people had and we really are feeling like, yeah, this is a great way to provide training and support and resources in a different way than we traditionally do. Yeah, we'll be on calls with people and they'll mention a podcast episode they listened to. Um, we had a series that got a lot of great feedback. It was our sex ed series that we did for NSVRC. And we had a lot of different people reaching out about that. And sometimes just the subject matter, you know, you'll find that our podcast gets linked to on in someone's e-newsletter or a major 
you know, organization is putting it on their website as a resource. And so it makes its way around. And I think we definitely, you know, the need has been confirmed. Like we have been able to fill a spot (laughs) that was open there for content. We were recording an episode yesterday and somebody who I had had on the podcast previously was coming on as an additional guest and I didn't know about it at first. They said they'd bring a volunteer for this program and it turned out to be someone that I knew. And she shared with me um, that someone from London reached out to her and was like, hey, I found you on Spotify about a podcast that you did and I'm writing a screenplay and I'd love to talk to you more to learn about male survivors and what... um, it it was just like fascinating. And so she was like, how did someone in London find us? And so we, I mean, at least for PCAR, we were really focused on just making sure that our local rape crisis centers had this information and knowing that folks in other countries and states and places far away have found this and are, are using it is, is cooler than I think we ever could have imagined. I love that story, Jackie. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's kind of funny. We we were talking in the beginning about okay, well we gotta yeah we have our spreadsheets. We line up guests. It's like okay, well who are we gonna talk to and who are we gonna interview and what's the topic? And now we have people reaching out to us. I listen to your podcast. I would love to be a guest and talk about my you know area of expertise or this particular program that I developed or you know so I feel like now we're getting people who have heard the podcast and they're excited to possibly be able to be a guest on on our show and so it's really fun too so the tables have turned a bit (laughs) something else I wanted to share is that um at PCAR we've been doing a like a mini series called History You Should Know. And I was really excited about this and thought, oh, this will be so much easier than doing all this planning and meeting with guests. And then I found out that scripting takes a lot, lot, lot more time, especially if you're researching someone who's very important and cool and you want to make sure you're getting the right information. So um, we, I think, want to experiment a little bit more between these scripted episodes and these conversational episodes, but just wanted to share with folks that um, sometimes you think it's not going to be so challenging and ends up being, you know, more so than you thought. So. Yeah, I think we have a lot of different people have a lot of different styles. Like our staff have a lot of different styles. I know I tend to, I like to be conversational, but I tend to go off on a tangent and kind of get distracted. And so for me, even if it's a an interview that I'm, do, that I'm doing, I, I like to have a, at least a loose script that I'm working from. Um, and so that's important to me, but we have staff who have like questions written out, but really just kind of wing it and not... I don't want to say wing it like they're not preparing or not, but but they're able to have more of just uh, off the top of their head kind of conversation. Um, and so there are a lot of different styles. And like you said, Jackie, when you're doing when you're doing the history, you should know, you know, things like that, where there is a lot of research and a lot of information that you're sharing. And it's not an interview style podcast um, that takes a lot of time. So I feel like as a way to wrap this up, I I think we've been highlighting it and talking about it, but 
just really wanting to emphasize again how grateful we are for our guests and the opportunity to learn and uplift so many different people. Um, it, I know Jen and I both spend a lot of time on prevention. That's our jobs. And so sometimes being able to talk to other people about different things is, is very, very cool. And I, I would encourage anyone who, who's starting this to really think outside the box of like, um, podcasts can be whatever you want them to be and you can talk to whoever you want it just you know takes some of that planning and figuring out who's gonna do what but we really really love getting to do this and can't wait to keep making more i agree i don't have much more to add to that just 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 to echo that and say yeah we are thrilled with everyone we've been able to talk to so far. We're really looking forward to some of our upcoming episodes and um, what the future holds for our podcasts. Thanks for listening to this episode of Resource On The Go. For more resources and information about preventing sexual assault, visit our website at www.nsvrc.org. You can also get in touch with us by emailing resources at nsvrc.org.